Oh, God. What's up? I've got this meeting I'm supposed to be going to with the, you know, Valve, the the, the storefront for the game. Oh, the the PC game people. Yeah, well, yeah, once was. But more the like the uh, the, the, the game the, the storefront for digital games. Yeah, yeah, more more the storefront game. But it's oh, yeah. it's just so stressful. They keep being like, "Oh, can you do this beforehand? Oh, can you do that beforehand? Oh, can you do the other thing beforehand?" And I'm like, "You're not paying me for my time. You're not really paying for this." You're like, I don't even really know how I I got you know roped into this. And frankly, I'm thinking about just blowing off steam. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, and also our lovely little kitty cat Smudge who's hanging out with us today. May or may not attempt to nuzzle the microphone. I mean, she does like to nuzzle the microphone. Uh, where we talk about the media we've consumed in the week and have a bit of silly catch up and do voices and whatnot. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a bit wetter than I'd like out, but it's it's really not August sunshine as I would hope. Well, I mean, we we've not really had any of the other pre- preceding months of sunshine either. Yeah, but... we've really sort of missed out on a summer this year. Like yes. summers just sort of buggered off a spring, bit. Spring, spring, slightly more aggressive spring. Autumn, longer spring. Uh, <laughs> deep autumn. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where we are. Fun, fun, fun. Indeed. Well. Have you consumed bits of media in the week? And if so, do you want to tell us about them? Maybe starting with things that you've played this week. Om nom nom tasting media. I'm going to, um, okay, well, I'll start with the thing. I'm going to, then we're probably going to skip through a few bits, uh, later on. But, but yeah, I played some Train Valley 2 because it was free on Epic a while ago and looked a bit like another game I kind of want to play, which is Station to Station. And, mm. um, it's like a puzzle game where you were trying to connect cities to things that they need do they need grain send the grain train to get the grain and then come back but also do you need cow well to get cow you need grain and you need to send the the grain to the cow but you also need to send the worker to the cow and then they will send back the train yeah so i played a bit of this it's it's all it's this isn't one-to-one but there's something about it that feels a bit sort of like um uh, Factorio and that sort of qu- category of game in that, like, it's a little bit of a connect the things to the things, make your little system where it's delivering all the stuff yeah. back and forth, like systems. But in like a, a, a much more contained puzzle yeah. of get thing here, send thing there. It's, it's always very like, here is a contained area, and the puzzle is usually more about like, it costs you money to lay down tracks or whatever, oh. and you're like trying to be efficient about how you connect these things up uh, in, a, in a reasonable way. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's basically it. The, the graphics are okay. There's some. It's got some lovely little uh, low-poly style art. Weirdly, I noticed it was randomly flickering occasionally. Don't know why. I just oh. sort of get an occasional flash. Not Hopefully not enough that it was bothering anyone in chat, because I streamed it. Um, but uh, it... I think I picked it up because it looked like it was going to f- scratch that station-to-station station itch that I've been uh, hoping will be achieved once it finally arrives. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it was it was a bit slower than I would have liked. And don't get me wrong, I love a nice gentle train ride, but um, and I did appreciate that in one of the levels there was uh, like a, a random little reference to Back to the Future Three <laughs> that was quite silly. Um, yeah, I didn't didn't quite necessarily scratch the itch. I I, I look forward to going maybe through a l- little bit further for it. And can't say better than free, I guess, yeah. is is always the thing. Um, yeah, it looks like as you progress through the difficulty levels, like the the trains you get are going to be more futuristic. Mm. So I guess you'll sort of get to like more modern trains, and um, like at the moment it's steam trains, and I'm very happy with the steam trains, and I hope that remains the cosmetic option <laughs> going forward because I enjoy me and steam train. Steam uh, trains are very good. Choo choo. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Uh, what have I played this week? Um, so I can talk about the weird uh, press event I went to <laughs> that yes, I can talk is, about. This really uh, sucked you into something, didn't it? I, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a very standard day, and what ended up happening was me coming home from this event and walking in the door and going, Hey Jane, I love you, I need to go back to work upstairs. Stuff happened. Um, so yeah... I'll talk first about what the intended thing I'd gone to see was, which was I went for a preview event uh, in London where I got to play an hour and a half of the co-op mode for Vampire Survivors. Um, For some reason I thought it was already out. I I think maybe I've just seen like the... um... Like the Steam News updates? Yeah, yeah. It got it got announced, I think, when the Switch version got announced uh, as existing. They showed off the co-op mode, but the Switch version's not out yet. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I got invited to go see Vampire Survivors co-op mode. And, yeah. like, uh, without going into too many specifics, because I'm sure we'll talk about this in, in, in the future, in sort of... Uh, what, you think we, we might be interested in playing together? Yeah, I, I, well, I, can, I imagine so. Two but, uh, people who have played a fuck ton of, of Vampire Survivors might have the opportunity to <laughs> not just play it together, but play it together together. Yeah, Ooh. so here's the gist. Um, in Vampire Survivors co-op mode, um, uh, how do I put this? Uh, so, so the best way to talk about this is in regular single-player vampire survivors, you have six weapons and six accessories, uh, generally, that make up your build. And uh, in multiplayer, generally you have more weapons and accessories than that as a collective group, but as individual uh, players within that group, you are weaker than a single-player player. player. Oh. Um, so it's like six six weapons in single-player, uh Two player is four weapons each for a total of eight. Three player is three weapons each for a total of nine. Uh, four players is two each for a total of eight. So no matter what multiplayer player count, you have uh, more weapons available to you than uh, single player would, which in theory makes you, you know, potentially stronger than, than you would otherwise be. The problem being that power only exists if you stick together. Um, the second you are separated, you are considerably weaker than you would be for wherever the leveling curve of the level is. Mm. Um, and that does a really good job, uh, I found from what what I played, of keeping the difficulty balance feeling about right. Like, if anything, it's a little more difficult in co-op, because you are sort of tied to each other a bit, but, like, generally speaking, uh, it, it feels about right balance-wise, and that's really nice to see. Um... There's a lot of really nice, well-thought-through choices in terms of, like, how they make the multiplayer mechanics work. Um, each time uh, you get a level up, it alternates through the player order uh, who gets that level up. 
So as an individual player, you're getting, let's say, in, in four player, only once every four levels do you get a level up, which makes it harder to level up and evolve your, your weapons by getting them to max level. Mm. But that's sort of mitigated by there being uh, the friendship charm, uh, friendship amulet, I think it was called, which gives everyone playing a level up on one of their weapons specifically. Oh, wow. So uh, basically that in, in four player would be the equivalent of getting four level up at, levels yeah, up at once. four levels up for one level. And it's all leveling up the weapons rather than the accessories so that you know you're, like, getting levels that will contribute towards evolutions. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of mechanics that are designed just to, like, make sure everyone's getting a fair share of what's going on. Like, if you're playing a really slow character like Pepino, the tree with all the garlic in mm -hmm, it, yeah. uh, you're not going to be fast enough to touch most of the treasure chests that happen. Right. Uh, but if uh, when someone touches a treasure chest, it just does a roulette and someone at random from the party gets the reward. So it's not gonna disincentivize whoever's uh um slowest so does it do the split screen thing like when you get far far enough apart no. it uh, uh nope doesn't do the split screen uh the screen sticks with wherever player one is so player okay. one sort of uh dictates where the game goes so if someone's being the tree that means you're basically all gonna be yep you all gonna have to you're all gonna have to be okay with tree pace tree you get that you get those wings asap unless you get to the point where, where that i have with pepino in my mobile playthrough where i've put like a thousand uh eggs, eggs. on pepino so that pepino can walk at a regular oh. character speed <laughs> um but yeah, the only other real sort of mechanic of note to talk about from the preview was um, the ability to, uh, if one of your players uh, goes down and you don't have any revives, that's not a game over, you go into a coffin and a meter fills up over time automatically and eventually you pop back out the coffin uh, and get back into playing. The further you into the run you are, the quicker that meter fills up. Okay. Um, but unless all four of you are in coffins at once, that there's no limit to how many times that can happen. You can just go into the coffin and pop back up. But the problem being, as soon as you're even one person down, your collective group is weaker than a single player character and is going to yeah, have to. You don't have the firepower. Yeah, you are going to have like uh, like a, 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 a half, a third, or a quarter of your firepower, depending on player count, suddenly removed. Right. And you're going to have to stick close enough to their coffin to be able to like hopefully get them back in the party when they pop out. Like, particularly late in a run, you might, you know, ah, I popped out the coffin and I'm in the middle of a swarm of monsters. Yeah. Uh, so that has its own set of challenges. But uh, yeah, it it takes Vampire Survivors and makes it work seemingly pretty well in co-op. And have they done anything like um, like color-coding the, the characters when you're uh, playing them to help you distinguish who you are? A or? little bit. Um, you uh, Whenever the game pauses for like a menu or something, mm -hmm. it'll pause briefly uh, as the menu closes and outline around your character okay. with a little colour and a little arrow to be like, hey, that's you. Anyway, off you go. But just then. Yeah, just okay. just, just then, really. Um, mm, I can see that getting difficult to track, especially <laughs> when you've got a lot of people on screen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about this more soon. But uh, mm. that was in theory what I went to this preview event to see. Um, you mean there was more? <laughs> yeah, so let's tell the weird little fucking story. So... Mm. I get to this press event, and someone someone comes out, one of the, one of the members of staff there comes over to me and goes, "Hi, Laura, how are you doing? Um, so come and find me twenty minutes before the end of this event. I got something to show you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you in advance what it is. Just come find me twenty minutes Cryptic before the end. A mystery. Yeah. Um, is it an actual vampire? <laughs> uh, no, cannot yet confirm an actual vampire, but uh. Yeah, this guy, like, finds me 20 minutes before the end and walks me over to a computer somewhere on the other side of the room. 
and there is just one computer running Vampire Survivors Director's Cut, uh, spelt with an E at the end because the director is a character from Vampire Survivors. The director. Yeah. So he just pops me in front of this and goes, I have zero, I can't tell you any context other than this contains content, some of which may or may not at some point be playable by the public. I cannot answer any further questions. Uh, sure, you can video it if you want. No, no one else has seen it. Um, I cannot was that tell the you... person that was holding your phone at one point for the vertical? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, I played 20 minutes of a version of Vampire Survivors that has a whole bunch of characters and weapons and um, maps and mechanics that just are not present in Vampire Survivors currently. Yes, didn't recognise any of the maps I saw in your video, but I did see the uh, obviously like the the egg you played. I think yes, is an is an evolution of a character from the DLC. I don't know about that. I I swear it's one of the um, weird angel things you see in the um, the hallway when you've. Like beaten all the main levels. There's that hallway oh, thing you, you might have to be dash right through. That it's in there that it comes up. I it's, don't even know if it's the, yeah. the main version of that, but I feel like like a negative version of it appears at one yeah. point in a so, flash. Some of the stuff is like clearly repurposed things that are not playable characters in the base game that are mm. now playable characters. Some of them are just like off the wall. Like here's Santa Claus. I guess that's who the Santa Water that I always assumed was Holy Water is named after. Wow. Um. Uh. Yeah. Go go watch, there is a video on youtube.com slash lorecarebuzz where you can watch a run of this. Um, the main takeaways I had were, there is a werewolf that throws fish at people, that's his weapon. As usual, yeah. And, as one would expect. Uh, you know how there's the gift box that you can open and it lets you select any basic candy weapon? Box, yeah. yeah, the candy box. Uh, you can get any basic weapon and then if you get it again, any evolved weapon. Mm-hmm. There is an equivalent of that for passive accessories. Okay. Um... Other than that, it was me just going, oh my god, there's a lot of stuff happening here. Yes, wasn't there something with, like, bunnies at one point? Yeah, so I had to learn that what was going on here was, when people in a lot of Western countries, like, talk about, like, seeing something in the moon, it's the man in the moon. Right, okay. Um, in Japan, they see the bunny in the moon. Fair. And the craters in the moon are from supposedly where the bunny has been using a mochi hammer to pound mochi on the moon, and that's what the moon's craters are. And it's the ball things. Yeah, yeah. So that's why there were space bunnies in little space helmets with little wooden hammers on the moon level, is because they were pounding mochi on the moon. Lucky mochi. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot happening. Um, yes, yes. And then I was told I cannot answer none of your questions. Yes, you can talk about this. If anyone asks about it, we will uh, we will refuse to comment. Have fun making people believe that this is real. Yes, yes, I, and that which led to the the kind of reactions I've not seen you get from the internet in a good few years. Oh, the yeah, uh, <laughs> the um, d- you you made you invented this for clout. You faked you this somehow this? for clout. <laughs> yeah, I I had people legitimately claiming that I'd like coded a fake version of Vampire Survivors and uh, put yes. it on a monitor at the event mm-hmm. to pretend it existed, mm-hmm. and the developers were no commenting. Uh, j- rather than just denying it was real. Yes, yeah, because you know all all your um uh, playdate programming has uh, oh yeah it's made you into a master coder <laughs> and and now you've got your own version of Vampire Survivors running. Yeah, yeah. So ooh, ooh. um yeah, I had a fun couple of days trying to. It didn't help that they spelt directors in a way that looks like a misspelling if you don't know like. 
if post, you don't know the law. Post-game vampire survivors If law. you haven't taken the time to read the excellent uh, mystery, uh, yeah. much of which written by uh, 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 the, the, the lovely James Stephanie Sterling. Yes, so that sure happened, and as far as I am aware, I am still the only person outside of the dev team to have played a special version of Vampire Survivors. Didn't you say it was like sitting there right there in the room and Yes, the way could've... the way it was explained to me was well, it was technically here. Anyone at this press event could have wandered over and seen it and played it and we wouldn't have stopped them. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I don't understand. I I'm gonna be honest, I don't understand the marketing decision that is show Laura a version of the game and don't tell anyone else it exists and hope that she can convince people it's real. It's but, a very special bean. I'm a, apparently I'm a very special bean, so Ooh. um yeah, that happened. Anyway, what have you played this week? I played that. Let's see if I can get the name of this right. Yeah, you want those games. Now let's see you clear them. Uh, yeah, you want those games, right? Uh, is it? Yeah. Uh, um, so here they are. Now let's see you clear them. Yes. Yes, I knew there was a bit of it missing. There we go. Yeah. That <laughs> thing. That thing that is all of the mobile game adverts. <laughs> um Minus all of the microtransactions. Yeah. But you can earn in-game cash to play the gotcha machine. Yeah, to get weird little name labels you can stick on yourself. You can have new name labels, which will be either coloured backgrounds or just a weird title. Yeah. I am currently the weird t-shirt genius. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. I am known for my weird t-shirts, so it's <laughs> fairly fair, I think. Um... I started playing this after streaming last week, and yeah. I managed to get through the entire one where you're moving fluid between test tubes. Yep. Uh, now, I like that puzzle. I, yeah. I, you might remember I talked about a free mobile version of it uh, probably about six months to a year ago. Yeah. Because it's a good puzzle. I managed to get through all of all of the ones in the game Uh all of, apart from like six, I think, I got three stars on. Yeah. Uh, managed to get through that in about two hours. Yeah. In, enjoyed the puzzling. The main problem I have with this and with it, with all of the other puzzles within this collection is the, like, bonus reward uh, thing takes too long. It's like, yeah, yeah. you got three stars. We're going to play a little fanfare. We're going to go star, star, star. Or even if you don't get all three stars, we're still going to make it take as long as it would for three stars before you can move on. So, which <sighs> makes yeah. the whole thing take uh, take a really long time. Especially when, like I did, I finished one whole section, all of, all of the, um, the the test tube puzzles, yeah. and then move on to something else, and I moved oh. on to the, the towel ones. Oh, I, yes. Sorry, I see what you mean. Yeah, occasionally when you've gone and done a bunch of one puzzle and you go to a new puzzle, and it's like, Oh, one by one, we're going to unlock all the levels for you. Oh no! no oh no! No 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 no! no. Oh no! Not like that. The, the 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 you finish this in twenty seconds. The target score for three stars was this. So here is a star. Here is a star. Here is a star. And then you go back to the main menu, and it's like, hmm, you have enough IQ points now to unlock the, the oh, next stage yeah. level. That that's a separate bit. I was talking about the bit before that between I finished the puzzle. And going back to to the menu screen, the just yeah. the just the, the the end slate for the thing. Now that that's long enough, and sometimes it's a nice little rest when you've been doing particularly sort of like end end of set puzzles. Mm. But then going to something like the the tower puzzle of the uh, well, this one you're a five, 
and there's a sword that will give you two times power, and that thing's a ten. Ooh, which one are you going to go for first? <laughs> well, I think I know which one I'm going to go for, because I, I, I know a bit about maths. <laughs> Like oh, you, you know some basics. Only the basics and not much more than that. And to be fair, there, there's there's multiplication and division in this, which I do struggle with. So, you know, I know my limits. Um, yeah, the teachers told me there wouldn't be calculators out there in the real world, <laughs> not accounting for the fact that I would have a phone in my pocket, which has basically a small supercomputer by 80s standards. And also, suddenly, that I they what they didn't tell me is I would be fighting weird goblin creatures in a tower and then I wouldn't immediately have access to a calculator, <laughs> or I would but I would lose points for not getting the stars quick enough if I took time to sit and calculate it all out um, the main problem is that starts really slowly it's like, yeah. ah, first of all here is just one thing in the room next to you cool, you've done that, <gasps> you did it in two seconds, cool you get three stars, we're gonna play the intro now back to the menu yeah, and then because that I think that one more than any like takes sixteen levels ish to start getting to anything faintly approaching an actual puzzle. Yeah, rather than just like here is a gentle drip feed of the mechanics. Yeah, there there is a couple of them, and that is definitely like the things I will say about this. I, I'm I'm glad I picked it up, and I've enjoyed the collection. But yeah. I think like. The test tube mixing the colors one and the car park one, they feel like they're over before they begin. Um, I think the I think the test tube one went about as far as it could reasonably go. Yeah. Um, and and you know it was a whole like fifty or so puzzles, I think. Yeah. Start the, to finish. The, the car park one is like only what like the car park. I think it's real sure. It's like twenty maybe. I think it's about twenty five puzzles. Um, I the and the the stupid thing about that is apart from the last three, they are all. Piss easy, and it's, it's it's weird because it goes from like just a scattered few, uh, like um, scattered few cars in the car park to the last three are all the car park is completely rammed. Fucking work it out, and yeah, and like I really enjoyed those last three puzzles, even though a couple of the mechanics in them feel absolutely bullshit, and and the story feels very very peculiar indeed. It's like ah oh, yeah, now we've introduced. The baddies, they're going to walk up <laughs> up and down. Don't hit them with your car. They've got knives and they'll be very angry. It's like, yeah. I think most people would be very angry if you hit them with a car, baddie or not. Yeah. Um, and, and the knife just, well, sure, okay. But like their, their, their paths are a, a little bit difficult to judge. Um, and especially on some of those last ones, it's best like, J- deliberately jam the exit route with another, like a bus or something. Drive all the cars you want to drive out along that that path as close as possible. Move the bus out of the way and slowly feed them out in such a way that you're mm. um like you're not having to judge it from a great distance because the the pathing on these uh, baddies walking up and down is really difficult to judge from any kind of distance. And even like when when you're quite close. Sometimes it can look like it's just right, but it really isn't for perspective reasons that are quite difficult. Mm. Like, there was one I was fairly convinced just wasn't possible, and the main problem was you had to get a double-width car out of the space that he was walking back and forth over in... And and it was quite late into the puzzle, so it felt really bullshit to be like, okay, well, I've got to get all the things I know how to get out quite easily, or that are a bit of a faff but can be done no problem. 
just to work out if this is the time I'm going to time this one thing coming out of the car park correctly. Yeah. And that felt a bit shit. And then, like, two puzzles after that, where it had got sort of interesting and, and, and really crunchy, it, it ended. Yeah. And it's a shame, because I really love those sort of sliding block puzzles, and or car park puzzles, or whatever mechanic they choose to flavour it with. It's it's fun spatial awareness stuff that, that I, I really enjoy, but... It was it was over too short, and uh, considering the, the the difficulty of some of the early puzzles, just the the fact that you're solving them, and then the the outro slate is taking far too long before you can get back in and do the next one. That's fair. Um, and then there's the the pin pulling ones, which are there seems seems to have been a lot more effort put into. It's it's the one that I I think does the best job of like sure it starts a little easy, but it does like a very good, very gradual. Build of mechanics, build of difficulty. Yeah, and it seems to add, like, different things yeah. from, from like, where you start. It, like, a whole extra uh, enemy yeah. types. It's definitely the way the, the enemies interact with different yeah. uh, objects. It's definitely the most fleshed out of the ones in there. And it's yeah, the one that, like, like most... three pages of them. It's the one that most feels like it, it makes this collection feel worthwhile. Yes. Um, because, like... I, I like that the rest of it is there, mm-hmm. but without this, this would have been a much harder recommend. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. But I think for like 8 quid, 8.99, it's, it's not bad for some puzzles. I have not done the, the Tappy block one. Oh, yet. I really enjoy the Tappy Cash on one. Um, here's what I'll say about the Tappy Cash one. Um, it is in a few places like really, really tight on like the uh, the victory condition for three stars. Right. But when you get a really good score and then you get a mansion with seven girlfriends and two of them are allowed to wear high heels, it's like, oh, I'm good at video games now. It's uh, why, why would you punish them by making them wear high heels? That's it's, awful. Uh, it, it's, it's a thing. It took me a while to realize that how much over three stars you got depended on like how many girlfriends there were going to be at the end. <laughs> I thought there was a very weird story going on about a man who was like, you know, aspiring to get more and more girlfriends, and then suddenly the number dropped down and he had fewer girlfriends. I was like, oh no, what happened to your other five five girlfriends? Oh no. Wow. Okay. It's an emotional tale. Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> sure. The that sp- is a thing I played. <laughs> uh, what else have you played? Uh, I can quickly talk about a thing I played. Oh. Um, so I've talked about What the Golf before, oh, yes. which is silly little mini golf mini game collection that starts as mini golf, but then becomes a whole bunch of other things that like do silly, uh, silly, unexpected things with the mechanics. Yes, you played this um, on television. I did. I played this on uh, on on Stream Shuffle on Jinx TV. Um, but yes, I did not know that this game periodically gets like standalone half-hour chunks of free additional content that are added oh, yeah. in. And I only know this because I saw one of them in particular, which I played today, was um, there was a half-hour little set of levels themed around Among Us Oh, that was added. And they did some fun, silly things with that that game's mechanics. Which but, ball was the imposter? I mean, depends what level we're talking about. They mm. did a lot of silly things with it. Um, they managed to make a silly level out of connecting the colour matching wires up and things like that. Okay. And, or you got to vote off the imposter, but it's mini golf. Um, okay. There, there were some bonkers little ideas. It was Excellent. fun. Uh, but yeah, I discovered there's a, about two hours of additional What the wow. Golf I haven't played beyond the half hour extra I played today. And that's great. I just have a bunch of extra fun, uh, What the Golf to play. Okay. So if you're like me and did not know this and you own What the Golf, uh, go find the episodes menu. There's like five little half hour, just extra content batches. Sweet. Yeah. 
Uh, what about you? What you played this week? Um, well, uh, I'm I'm just going to dash some things off. Uh, we we went and played small board games at the weekend. Yeah, we did with friends. Uh, we played um, Expeditions four player. Yep, this is the first time we played Expeditions four player. I played solo three times. You played with me once. Yep. Um, we talked about this before. It's the sort of hex grid based sequel to Scythe. Um. Expeditions sure is a lengthier game in four players, even accounting for the fact we were teaching new people. Yes. Just because of the fact that there are more people on those limited spaces that are needed, and it forces you to make suboptimal moves and hang around places waiting to get to that thing you need to get to. Yeah. I mean, I was playing very differently, um, I think, generally, because I was very aware of the fact that, uh, frank- thankfully due to set up, we were in a position where there were three spaces you could go and get workers from right from the beginning, mm. as opposed to the usual two. Yes. Uh, which would have made it difficult for, for, for more than one of us. And I went last deliberately. I was like, I'm teaching this game. I want the person, the, the, like the, the people who are just learning to be able to get workers on their first day, yeah. even if they're not necessarily the workers they want, they will have I th- I think some of those sensible, Yeah. Um, and I instead focused on like just getting a whole bunch of cards so that I would be taking more turns before before refreshing. Yeah. I enjoyed that aspect of it. But I think despite the fact that many of the individual turns got to be quite quick, especially if like you knew in advance, the only thing I can do on my next turn is refresh. Yeah. Nothing else is going to work because I don't have any cards and it's going to mean that I'm playing suboptimally. So... Generally speaking, it meant that a lot of things were moving, individual turns were going quite quickly, but very often things would grind to a halt because someone who wasn't refreshing or didn't have like an immediate answer of something they needed to do, like they'd set themselves up already it, and they were already in the right place. It was just, okay, I do the thing on my turn. I've already planned this. I planned yeah. this a little while ago. For the people who were like, oh yes, I want to get a card on my turn. I want to get a particular face-up card from among the tableau. Those people were suddenly going, fuck, because either someone else had picked up the card or someone had swept all the cards so that they 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 weren't there anymore. All of a sudden it's like, well, I have to completely rethink my turn. And yeah. that often led to, to, to quite a bit more well, slowdown. Yeah. Well, sometimes it was even just things like, uh, I need to go to this particular space because that's the only place I can redeem this quest. Yeah. I'm in m- range. I'm just going to move there. I'll just move there on my turn. I'll just move there on my turn. Fuck you moved there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why I had the benefit of... I literally spent like a, a good th- like two-thirds of the game just getting as many cards as possible. Yeah. So regardless of if they... If they I like I had so many quests that I could go to like six or seven places on the board and because I was playing the Marsh Strider I had more movement than anywhere everyone else. So if one one thing to to like solve to get a quest completed didn't work out for me, I had so many other places I could go yeah, and that, just go, I'm gonna do something else. That definitely did benefit you in four player particularly. Uh yeah, I think so. And and also like having that opportunity of now having played a good few games in different scenarios. I, I got to sort of sort of think about things slightly differently than previously, but definitely really enjoyed it in four player, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Um, and I, I, th- I think our two learners did very well, considering we had already played a lot of board games. Um, yeah, so that was Expeditions. We played another month of um, 
Pandemic Legacy Season yeah, 2. Yeah, we, we won, won it. We Woo-hoo! won it on the first attempt. Yeah, we, we're getting better. We, uh, we've we lost the majority of our games, but um, um, things seem to be... I mean, I'm pretty sure we've now won more than heart and more than 50%. I feel like we're in the, the positives. Uh, so, I mean, what we just did June, didn't we? Yes. Right, so we're over halfway through the year and there's definitely one month that we lost both of. Yeah, but there's at least two months that we won on the first try that evens that out. I think that's only the second month that we've won... On the first try? Yeah, so that that evens out for the month that we lost twice. Yeah. So I think we are at about 50-50. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's, um, we, we are, it, it has felt way harder in, in four-player, but still very much enjoying uh, playing through it again, because I'd forgotten yeah. most of the plot, and the plot is we're, we're, fascinating. We're finding our groove, and we're, we're, we're getting to that point that you get, like, halfway into a, a pandemic legacy, where you're like... I, I'm getting a good feel for when it's a good time for me to make personal sacrifices for the good of the long-term campaign. Yes. And that that is a sensible decision to make. It won't get back to me, so the bad thing won't affect me. Yeah. Don't worry about or, it. Or even just, like, even if it does affect me, how how long have we got of this campaign? How many characters could we swap into instead? Yeah, that's fine. How many scratch-offs have I done on my little board to see whether yeah. I'm going to get damaged? That is a good point. Like, yeah. we've got four players... We are through June, we are still on our starting characters, and we've unlocked three extra characters. So, yeah. You know, we, if, if the worst came to the worst, we wouldn't have to be too the, bad. The, and yeah. weirdly, we have just unlocked the character that you won the game with um, when we played together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's still enjoying Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Yeah. Uh, we played some Roots. This is the we, first time we've played in four-player. Yeah, so this, we've talked about this before. There's that board game that's a sort of mini cutesy animal war game kind uh, yeah of. asymmetric war game everyone's with... playing different rules but sort yes. of playing the same game yeah so uh we we gave one person the cats and another person the uh the birds because we knew that one person loves cats and, yep. and would have an easier time learning them as like a good starter um Faction, yeah, and then the other person we knew is like, loves a bit of thinky strategy and plotting and planning, and like, having to run the decree of like I, I add a little card every turn, and I have to make this thing work every single time, so I have to be planning a little bit ahead. And I think we guessed correctly that 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 was right up their alley, and uh, yeah. I seem to enjoy that very much. Uh, you played as the lizard cult again, I did, and came so close to victory. <laughs> I I had a fun time. Just oh, I'm, I'm just doing nothing. I'm just doing nothing. Just I'm guns. just doing nothing. <laughs> yep. Look, it's very easy when other people are screwing each other over to go. Hey, everyone at the table, I haven't attacked you once. Yep. Of all the people you should be focusing on, I haven't attacked you at all. <laughs> be nice to me. Also, it was the first time that we played this with the the whole thing of like you can you can make any kind of deals you want at the table. Yeah, and um, you know that that is like a thing that they talk about in the manual. Like, if you want to form alliances, that's entirely up to you. If you want to do a bit king making, go for it. There, there, like, there's there's nothing holding you to it. But you know, if that's what you want to do, and (laughs) there was a good amount of like, I formed formed an alliance with someone because I was really struggling. To be honest, I was getting so far behind, and I needed just one person who wasn't gonna like screw me over so i did you know i did a couple of like i'll clear out things for you i'll make things a little bit easier for you here and here and also there is there is this piece of mine in this clearing 
If you build something there, do be aware it's just going to get destroyed automatically. That's not a thing I'm doing. But if you destroy it, you will get a point. And they did keep building in that place, mainly because they were playing the birds and needed places to build every turn. <laughs> and it was a good excuse to just go, yep, I tick up, I tick down, and it's not a problem. <laughs> I am never likely to, to fall apart as a result of that. That, yeah, that really is a very different game in 4-player, and I, re I really enjoyed yeah. it. And they, they seem very into it, so... Who knows? Maybe there will be more uh, four-player route in the future. Yeah. Uh, I think that was about it for, for our board gaminess. I think so. Well, I suppose the only other thing that I could talk about as a quote-unquote played, I built an insert for Spirit Island. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, instructions somebody made on uh, Board Game Geek for a, a foam core insert for Spirit Island with all the expansions, and I built most of it. There's still a couple of bits I need to do. But yeah, that that is going to make setup less of a, a slog and more of a, I remove the trays from the box and I put them on the table and we're done and we can play a game. Uh, yeah. Which considering it's, like I worked out the other day, there's 20 individual bags in there. Now, not every time you're going to be playing with like six players. So, you know, technically you probably only need like 14 to 16 of those bags. But mm. there's still a lot of bags of components to like set up and tear down. So yeah. I, I'm glad things are going to be a bit more manageable in that respect going forward. And considering that it's like all of the expansions and stuff in there now, apart from the fancy tokens, it it fits in there with like a centimeter of lid lift, which I think is pretty good. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, pretty good. And my first time building from scratch with foam core. I might try it with some of the other games in future rather than going, I'm going to buy a pre-designed one. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot easier than I thought it would, gonna, would be and uh, quite, quite nice to work with. And, and there's a nice thing to sort of sit and focus on, kind of. Uh, yes. Have you? Have you done anything else play-wise? Well, that's about it for stuff I've played this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Knock, knock. Professor Blackheart here for the inspection. Oh, oh, sorry. Was that was that today? Was that today? Yes, Professor Blackheart. I've been emailing you all week about this. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Come in, come in, come in. Oh well, I uh, I see you've settled in, Doctor Blackheart. Well, yes, I've done my best. I, you know, I, I had to had to downsize from the old. Uh, Old hollowed out mountain top, but I've done my best to, uh, you know, re re shuffle everything around so it all fits in. Yes, well, central London's not quite uh, whichever island it was you said you were previously uh, residing oh, at. Oh, it was a Skull Island, yes. evil glowy-eyed Skull Island. Yes, yes. I mean, well, your your previous landlord did write you a a, a glowing review. Literally, actually, I had to send it to be destroyed because. It was so radioactive. And now, this um, giant laser you have hanging from the ceiling here, that's, uh, that, I'm fairly certain that would count as a, an unauthorised modification of the unit. Oh, I apologise. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sure it's nothing. A little bit of plaster over the uh, the screw holes won't uh, fix on my departure. Well, just make sure that, the, that you are doing that beforehand. And uh, I have noticed that a few of the other residents have complained about 
dinner-suited spies trying to break into the building at all hours of the day and night? Look, I can't be held responsible for other people's attempts to break into my property. If anything, uh, the, the building should have greater security. I thought I was moving into a safe neighborhood, but there's people trying to break into my property day and night. That... That, to me, that is you failing to secure the property. Well, I mean, it's hardly my fault. You do seem to have all these people coming and going. Now, you're not subletting, are you? These, I, I see a lot of them in the, in the boiler suits here. Oh, no, no, not subletting. Subletting would imply that they, that they were living here as opposed to just working here tirelessly day and night. Uh, oh, so you're, you're running a business from the property. Now, that is expressly forbidden. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not, a, not a business. Let's call it a charitable enterprise. Right, and that requires quite so many henchpersons, does it? Yes. Yes, it does. It really does. Oh, now is that what I think it is? I don't know what you think it is. I mean, it looks an awful lot like a cold fusion reactor. And what if it was? Well, it is stated in the terms of the letting agreement that you will not change the utilities supplier. Now, we were very clear about that. It was very important. I I, I must stop you. I have not changed energy supplier or utility supplier. I am just providing my own supplemental energy. I'm still on the contract with the National Gas Company. I just, it's like if I put a solar panel, I hung it out my window. Well, that's also not allowed. Because okay, put, you're, not, put, you're not even allowed to hang towels near the window. Okay, I put it on the sofa and the sunlight comes through at the right angle. I put a, a, a solar panel here. Mm. It's basically just that. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, oh no, now that is too far. That is too far. That is too far. What, what? Is it the spinning death blades? No, that have you irradiated your hands sign there. What about it? It's held on with blue tack, isn't it? It might, might be. Now, we did tell you about this very specifically. No blue tack, nothing, no blue tack on the walls. I'm I'm sorry, we're going to have to ev- evict you. This is, no, I absolutely, uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. I understand, I understand, I won't argue it. All I will do is ask you to, um... Just, just so that I can make sure I really take this in. If you just take one step to the left and uh, continue, oh, just, just here. Yes, uh, and you, I'll just uh, take a step here. Uh, ignore the sort of building up electrical sound behind you. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. I put the blue tack on the wall. It'll never happen again. You're absolutely right. This isn't good enough. You'll definitely be evicted for shrinking. Your landlord is absolutely not suitable at all. You've been fair. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to, you're going to be hearing me from my sisters. Edge people, I'm going to need a mop. Right, recruits, to attention. Sir, yes, sir. Welcome to Game Critic Boot Camp. We are training for the biggest night of your lives, the upcoming gaming convention. Sir, yes, sir. Right, we have a series of gruelling challenges for you to take part in today. First of all, run two miles while typing one-handed on your phone about the last game you played. <laughs> the, the, the graphics were very detailed. Uh, uh, Make more detailed notes. Run faster. You're running late for your next appointment. Um, uh, the... the, 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 the Multiplayer was excellent, and I enjoyed the story. 
Right, Send. right, right. Okay, you're over the finish line. No time to rest. No time to rest, maggots. Lug this bag of gear around for two hours. Oh, God. And I keep being handed merch. This, why do people keep handing me more merch? Ah! Put more in there. You do not have enough equipment to capture video live from the events. Keep putting more in there. Make sure to carry your tripod with you. Oh, God. I, I've lost the shoe. Where's the shoe gone on my tripod? Don't worry about that. Just keep moving. <laughs> okay, okay. Right, right, right. Stop, stop. Uh, read this map. While being bustled about in a crowd, you are being pushed from all sides. Try and work out where your next appointment is. Okay, I need to get to uh, M7. That's, um... I, sorry, excuse me. I need to... Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Okay, so I'm here. Too much and time I'm... taken. Sprint through this ocean of people going the exact opposite direction to you. Go! Excuse me, pardon me, sorry. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Excuse me. Uh -huh, I get out. Fucking hell, ow, ah, hell, oh no, 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 I'm going no, On your feet, on your feet, on your feet, right, 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 we got you, we got you, you're okay. We've got one last, one last challenge for you now. Look like you gently walked here and played this game without making it obvious how traumatised you are. Hi, I, I'm really excited to play the new build. What crying, no. Wonderful, no, wonderful. You, you, have, you have passed. You are almost ready for the real thing. Congratulations, cadet. I've got six more of these to do in the next hour. So, what have you put in your eyes? Um, not a, not a lot that we're going to talk about because, hey, support the, support the strike. Yeah. Um, I have been starting a little bit more in earnest to watch One Piece. Oh. Um, I talked about this a little while back, um, One Piece anime about a little lad who ate a fruit and now he's got rubber stretchy powers and he wants to be king of the pirates. Um, there's like a thousand episodes of it and I don't know whether that is a, uh, a commitment that I will overcome, but okay. I was like, look, I want to give it a proper chance. Mm -hmm. I, um... I downloaded a bunch of it for, like, offline available viewing. Right. Uh, and, like, I know I've got travel coming up soon, and that's a thing where I can, like, watch some of it while I'm traveling and I don't have internet access and things. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's just have this as a thing I can start watching through. And I'm maybe 15 episodes in. Mm -hmm. And I think I get why people like it. Right. And, like, out of curiosity, when when did One Piece start airing? I'm, I'm curious now. One. Okay, so this started airing in 1999. Wow. It's held up way better than most, like, shonen anime of the late 90s, early 2000s in terms of, like, so far. It it doesn't feel weirdly... It doesn't feel as fanservice-y as I expect anime of this era to feel. Right. And it's felt better paced and, like, less dragged out for, like, like it's buying for time. Right. Um... But the thing that I think I think is standing out to me, and I think I get uh, the thing that makes me think maybe this is why people like it. Mm -hmm. It has real Dungeons and Dragons adventure vibes, right? In that you've essentially got an adventuring party that consists of not in body type, but in spirit, a himbo as right. your main character. Mm -hmm. He's big of heart, dumb of ass. Excellent. He just wants to make friends and. Sure, he's trying to be king of the of the fearsome pirates and and go on his big dangerous adventure. But like, really, he just wants to make friends and make people smile and be a happy little friend. Okay, and he's gonna stumble face first into success um, through just kind of optimistic thinking and um, having enough being magically made of rubber to survive things that should have killed him, so we can go. 
oh, okay, I've seen I've been a dumbass, I need to take this situation a bit more seriously. <laughs> he's, he's got plot armor that's used not to make him, like, overpowered and, like, never face threats. It's so that, like, he walks into a fight with a, a, an enemy that is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna kill you in one hit, uh, and he's just oblivious to the fact he's in danger. He can take one hit and go, okay, well that thing bounced off of me, I should probably pay attention to what's happening. Okay. Not, uh, not exactly plot armor, but, um... He, he gets he gets one hit to protect him from like comedic bonk on the head. Oh, I guess yeah, I should. I, yeah. I, because after that, people are like, "Oh, you're made of rubber. I can probably make a plan around that." And he's he's just like, "Oh, okay. I have one bit of protection from my dumbassery." Uh, and his adventures that have so far seen him collect a really eclectic group that includes um um a navigator who uh is a woman who's just like. She's just very here for the treasure. She's she's the person that is like meta gaming. I want to walk away with as much good loot as possible, and mm. like, sure, I want to do the right thing, but also like, I am gonna let I am gonna let the fight be a bit harder than it needs to be because I'm trying to loot pockets in the middle of the fight still before initiatives <laughs> uh-huh, finished. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Thank you've you got the energy. Yep, yeah. uh, you've got the very serious meta gamed character who um, uh, his whole thing is I fight with three swords at once. One in each hand and one in my mouth. I have three sword fighting style and I'm very good with three swords. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you take away one of my swords, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I do three sword style. I need three swords to do I'm it. Three swords, three sword guy. Yeah. Not he, two. Yeah. Not he's, four. He's very I'm three yeah, sword guy. He's very serious metagamer who can't do dialogue during combat. He can't stop and have a conversation with the big bad during combat because he's got a sword in his mouth. Right, right. Um and he was uh, like, "Look, I I realize I've rolled very high and statted very high into into this one thing," and the DM's like, "Okay, but you could you can only do it with three swords, right?" <laughs> um, and the the most recent person they've collected to their team is the character who has like charisma and no other stats, and like he's probably gonna like get everyone into trouble. But he's probably also going to be able to like spin up a yarn to talk you out of it. Right. And as long as you don't stick around too long for them to realize he was spouting bullshit, he can he can talk your way past stuff. A bard, yeah. It's it. Yeah, he's a storytelling bard essentially. And like, I can see the like mismatched. Um, everyone at the D and D table rolled up their characters separately without really talking to the DM about like what the tone of the adventure was meant to be. Right. Yeah. Um. And the, the glue holding them together is lovable dumbass who's like, you're all my friends! Yay! <laughs> um, and like, the group dynamic's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the arc I've just been, I, I'm just getting toward the end of, um, is I think where it clicked for me that there's maybe more to the show than I was anticipating. So right. there was an arc that was very much presented as a boy who cried wolf story. Right. Um, with the party member who, a little bit gift of the gab. And it seemed like it was going to be very straightforward. Like, hey, uh, he keeps he keeps telling lies. Uh, when when something bad's coming, he's going to tell the, the the village, and no one's going to believe him. Mm-hmm, and he'll mm-hmm. he'll be like, oh, but I, I could I couldn't save you, but also good good. Uh, that's on you for not believing me. It seemed like it was going to be one of those. Right. Uh, first of all, like a big part of the like, oh, he's the town liar thing comes from. There's this girl who can't leave her home because she's ill and. He's he's making up stories and they're not true, but he's basically like coming up with stories about the world outside to keep her entertained because mm-hmm. she can't she go can't out go and there. make her own adventures. Yeah. And like she knows their bullshit and he knows their bullshit, but like 
she's she they make her happy and they just kind of have their understanding. Um, Nobody watches the soap opera for the reality. Yeah, but like yeah. um the 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 boy who cried wolf moment comes from like I oh I found out that someone is coming to try and kill you and like there's this very serious tone shift of her going I don't like this story you're telling me. It you I know you you lie to me but it's always been lies that make me smile and this one makes me really scared why would you do this and like the way they play it like not just you've not been believed and there will be consequences but it's like no i knew you were lying but i like the no, one time you, the one time you're telling the truth i think this is a lie you're telling to hurt me and that oh. being like a really complicated yeah. emotional thing and like this guy's and i, I don't feel bad talking spoilers because this is so early in the show but the thing that turns around is like this this guy who is an absolute coward is just, goes you know what i don't know how to fight i'm a coward i'm going to fight these pirates off before they come attack the village if if everything goes well and i successfully fight them off the whole village can can believe i'm a liar my the good ending for me is everyone believes i that i was lying about the attack coming because mm. that means i saved them and the attack never came like his happy ending is it's Everyone thinking the worst It's not, I'll let them come attack you and you'll all see I was telling the truth. Yeah. It's, I want to save the day so that there's never any proof I told the truth. And that I will forever be remembered as a liar, but I'm a liar who saved you all. And, like, that was, a, like, a fun yeah. little, like, there was some complexity to it. And mm. for, like, not that far into the show, I was like, that's more of, like, a complex arc from a, like, known trope yeah. than I thought we'd get. And it yeah. kind of... It, it's gotten me kind of hooked. I'm into it. Interesting. So I don't know how quickly I'm going to get through it or how far I'm going to stick with it. Mm -hmm. But thus far, I'm kind of digging One Piece. As someone that watched like the other two big shonen animes of its era, which were like Bleach and Naruto, I see why this is some. Pe I see why this is some people's favorite. I definitely think it has maybe the the most interesting start. It's got the start that most makes me go, yeah, I could watch a thousand episodes of this, maybe. So we'll see, and at some point I might start watching One Pace, which is the sort of edited down truncated version mm -hmm. uh, that cuts out some of the fluff. I might be using a list that you know skips over some filler episodes. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we'll we'll see. But right now I'm I digging think a show it. that long. It's probably fine to just find out a watch list for things like yeah, that. Yeah, but right now I'm watching and I'm enjoying. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What did you watch this week? Um, nothing I can talk about really. Yeah, isn't that a shame? Wouldn't it be nice if if people got paid? Wouldn't it be nice if people got paid for the work they were doing? I mean, if you want to talk about things I looked at, yeah, uh, I I enjoyed an article talking about the fact that uh, the um, Marvel Studios VFX teams <gasps> are looking to unionize. So yes, I did hear about this. I think that's very good indeed. Yeah. Um. You, you know what else I, I I read about that was interesting? Mm -hmm. That was pretty fascinating. Um, you know how Squid Game was, like, the biggest fucking thing in the world for Netflix? Yes. Um, Netflix, as a matter of recourse, doesn't just, like, pay really low residuals to, um, Korean actors for being in their shows. They just don't. They just don't get, they just aren't, they just don't get residuals. Korean actors just do not get residuals from Netflix. Full stop. Wow, that's um, shitty. And, uh, their payment for being on, uh, shows like Squid Game? A flat th fee of $300 per episode. Wow. And no residuals. Uh, which, again, doesn't surprise me. I already me. thought Netflix was shit. Yeah, doesn't surprise me because, like, 
there's been a lot of stuff about Squid Game stuff being underpaid. Uh, the creator of Squid Game owns none of the rights to Squid Game anymore. He had to give up every single right he had to that property wow. for Netflix to make the show. And he got paid fucking very little and no residuals. They made infinity money off of him and he just didn't. So fuck, fuck these studios. I guess today specifically we're saying fuck Netflix, but fuck all of the major studios currently being struck. Uh, fuck them indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did put one other thing in my eyes. Ooh, tell us about it. Uh, this is just a silly little YouTube video I watched, but it was fun. Excellent. I thought it was worth watching. Um, uh, Linkus7, who is a, a Zelda speedrunner I occasionally yeah. watch, uh, did a video called Meme Speedruns in Tears of the Kingdom are strange? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, that was him not just trying to get speedrun uh, records in several of like the silly little meme categories for Tears of the Kingdom, but doing one stream going... How quickly can I do all of the meme categories back to back in one go? Uh, which involved things like, um, school bus percent is what I remember, where he had to go make a school bus and then find some Koroks to put in the back of the school bus and then drive them to the school in Hateno Village. Aww. Um, specifically because it's a school bus, American school buses are yellow, so it needs to be yellow. Right. So there's one shrine that has a yellow square. It's that um, push stuff under the water and it bounces back up to the top one. Yep, 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 yep. So you had to work out how to smuggle um, a, a large number of, of of that one yellow square out of that shrine. Right. Um, by fusing it to weapons and then breaking it yeah. off uh, at that one NPC. Yep. And then at that one NPC you had to build it into a school bus because you couldn't like take one piece away somewhere else or the other ones would despawn. Right. To make the yellow school bus to go find some Koroks to put in the back to drive to the school. Uh-huh. Um, shit like that. It's silly little nonsense categories. Um, it's fun for just some what are silly things people have come up with in Tears of the Kingdom. Good. More of that. Uh, More so yeah, that's uh, about it for stuff I've watched this week that I'm going to talk about. Oh. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes have too many thoughts? Oh god, all the fucking time. Too much thoughts? All like, the goddamn time. You can't do anything practical about them. No, I just got so many thoughts and I need them to just go away for five minutes. Yeah, because you've got actual shit that you do need to action right now to yeah, get on with. But, like, I can't because my or brain's sleep. going, yeah, but do be doing these things right now. Go. Right. Those are the things... That your brain wants to do, but you want to do the things that you actually want to do. That I can actually do something about right now. Well, just put it in the anxietybox.lol.net. Oh, tell me more. It's just a place where you can just shovel your anxious thoughts, be it because you're trying to get to sleep, or because you're trying to get on with something else, or because the solution is time-based. And you will not be uh, able to solve it until that time is Yeah, appointed. like that thing where I can't res- do the thing until someone emails me back, but even though I can't do anything until I get emailed back, and that's not going to be for a couple of days, I'm still anxious about it, yeah, you, as if I should be doing something now. You can put that. You can put it on a timer, and it's segmented as well, so you can have different timers, so you don't have to worry too much about, like, ah, oh, there's a thing... I, when, when the box goes off, all of the things come out at once. Don't worry about it. Sometimes you just be like, okay, that thing, that's five o'clock tomorrow. I don't need to think about it till then. I don't need to worry about it then. I don't need to organize anything until then. Ping! You do the thing and you will find you get through so much other stuff. 
and you can even connect it to your email or other messaging services and at a time when you get the reply you need and you can start moving on the thing it will that will be the trigger that just pings it back in hey it's it's here here is you can do something about it now now is the time cool the anxiety will actually fuel something productive right and the rest of the time you can just get a do you have any idea how much more chill you're going to be and how much less cortisol your brain will be exposed to? Oh, I could do with less cortisol. It's literally shaving years off my life. That's anxietybox.lol.net. If you've got th- anxiety, just put it in the box. Oh, I sure do. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So... I've been trying to come up with some new ways that we can uh, get money out of people. Right. And uh, I think I got a new one. Right. I mean, I've been working on a new one. So uh-huh. uh, we, we offer players 100 free loot boxes. And I know, I know. Free. I know this doesn't sound like a way to make money. No, I'm, no. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't. Well, but, no, uh, here's the thing. You know, you know I'm, I, yeah, you, I'll go yeah, with you on Yeah. So, you know, first of all, just to be clear, this is like, you know, uh, special loot boxes that have reduced rates of the good stuff compared to normal ones. Right, we're not, right, you know, right. We're, we're like, you know. We're, we're not doing that thing again where these ones are slightly higher rated so that we hook them in easier and then they're no, like, oh, no, no, I can no, finish no, all no. the sets. No, this is a different one. So right. uh, we're giving away like 100 free loot boxes. Right. Uh, and, you know, initially I was thinking just, like, you know, uh, the first one's free, that kind of thing, and, like, get them into the mindset of opening the loot boxes. Right, but, uh, right. I, I think I got a better plan. Right. We give them a hundred free loot boxes. Yeah. We don't tell them how many of them they've used so far. Right. We don't sparkle, have, like, sparkle, a character sparkle, that says... Glow, 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 jingle, 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 you have more dopamine. Exactly. And we don't tell you how many of them you've opened so far and how many you've got left. Right. And... If you start opening these boxes, you agree that if you open any posture, posture 100, yeah. you got to pay for those. Right. And we're not going to tell you when we hit the first one that you're paying for. Right. It's just, you got 100 for free. It's your responsibility to not take more than 100. Who knows if there is a game around this. You, you just, you know, keep opening them whenever you want. Yeah, exactly. Just open them whenever you want. Just make sure you never lose count. And like, look. I don't know how many people we'll get with this, but I feel like there's going to be a few people who, you know, go, surely I'm not at 100 yet. Oops, I'm I, I'm at 150. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, I would assume that, you know, people with, like, ADHD or, you know, difficult oh, yeah. with, um, you know... Uh, compulsions and certain things like that. I think that'd probably be, you know, they'd be really easy. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, a hundred is enough that it's, like, become a routine. Like, opening them has become the pattern, and at that point, the exit ramp is long gone. Yeah, and the, the, you know, the jingle, it's so catchy. Right, right. And it changes every so often. Oh, do you want to hear the new version? Right. And you won't even know. You won't even know, and it'll be at, like, uneven numbers, so you can't go, ah, yeah, I've done another ten. Yeah, you! are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? What have you uh, listened to? Not a lot. It's been one of those weeks where I've been busy planning, like, travel stuff, and therefore my brain doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. of music mm-hmm. room in it. That's fair. Um, I did listen to a song that I'd previously only listened to, like, through speakers. I hadn't put headphones on. And it, it's <laughs> fascinating in headphones. Is uh, Angus the Prize Winning Hog. Angus the Prize Winning Hog. Yeah, we've talked about this song before. It's by the Toxhards. Yes. Um, that song goes so many places in four yes, minutes. Yes, it does. 
it it feels like like it feels like a seven or eight minute long prog rock song. Yeah, that they squeezed into barely like thirty seconds more than a standard radio play length. Yeah, it's got real um like a a rock opera stage show type thing. Uh. Where they're doing the, like, we're going to introduce all the little bits that you're going to see throughout the entire show yeah. in that opening number. It's, it is a rich audio landscape that I hadn't quite appreciated until I put a good pair of headphones on and listened <laughs> to quite how much was happening in that song. Oh, yeah. It is silly. It is intense. It is dramatic. Yep. It, uh, it paints a word picture. It really does. Yeah. And the video for it's very silly as well. Yes. <laughs> um, the other thing I watched, uh, I listened to was a track called Blame the Bible by a band called Pansy Division. Uh huh. Um, which, you know, the, the fact that the, uh, the album art had a pink triangle on it should give you a sense of what they're about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, the sound of the track was like kind of 80s classic rock, but the chorus sounds like early Green Day. Um, okay. Uh, it, it worked kind of well. Um, it is a, a track about like quote unquote quote Christian politicians cherry picking mm-hmm. the Bible to fearmonger and to secure their own power and profit and mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. and the importance of seeing through their bullshit. Indeed. And I'm like, yep, I can I can get behind that. I can get behind that indeed. Yeah. Um, so that's a couple of bits of music I listened to this week. Oh. What about you? Well, we've got some new um, SCP archives up. Uh, There seems to be a few new episodes. I hadn't realised they were back on. Uh, So I listened to SCP-5322, The Road Stretches On. Um, So the basic concept of this SCP is that it is a a small dead-end side road. That you pull off onto, and it's about you know the length of a couple of cars, and it ends in just some woodland at, at the end. And if you pull into it while paying attention, nothing happens. But if you are somehow distracted, you're not really looking at the road, you're not really paying attention, you will pull into this road and find yourself in another place that appears to be an infinite road flanked on either side by initially woodland, and later, like, just fields. And it is a story about uh, a person who volunteered, because no one had come back from this thing, mm. a person who volunteered to go in and uh, document their findings in inside this. Mm. And this person uh, is the the only person to have ever come back out, Is is one thing we're told quite early on. Interesting. And um, it it is a fascinating um, story told almost through like a, a found footage vibe of um, voice recordings from 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 the person who is like, well, my gas never seems to run out. The vehicle keeps going. Um, I never feel tired or hungry, so I I guess I can just keep going if I want. Mm. And uh, their odyssey, I guess, through this other place and uh it is a fascinating and kind of beautiful and sad and strange and mysterious story um that uh, that i really enjoyed and i I would put it right up there with the uh here be dragons story which i I very much enjoyed a while ago of being a bit different from the usual like oh it's a bit bizarre oh it's cosmic horror this is it, it yeah, it's a fascinating and, and quite beautiful story, and, and well done to whoever originally wrote that. But uh, yeah, the SCP Archives version is pretty good, very much enjoying that. Um, 
and I've been caught up a little bit more with some um, Welcome to Night Vale. Still yeah. enjoying, still very much enjoying the Welcome to Night Vale. It's good stuff. Um, slowly, slowly trundling through there, as I believe you are as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm almost ready for the first audiobook. I'm basically Ooh, there. Nearly there. And um, I also lis- finished listening to Tartarus, which I think last week I had like an episode and a half to go. Yeah. Uh, I am fascinated by the story. I hope we do get some more. It seems like they do ep- new episodes around August, September the last couple of years, so hopefully that continues. Hopefully you've timed it well to, to yeah. be getting more just as you finish. Yeah, although I can't imagine what it's going to be like getting to an, you know another potential like huge event like at the end of season two and then going, I'm going to wait another year for four more episodes. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that, that, and I thought like waiting for Magnus Archive stuff live when they were like, yeah, we do, what, 30 episodes in a season once a year. Yeah. Uh, that, that that was heavy going, but like this, yeah, the, I imagine getting into this is going to be really difficult. Or I'm <laughs> going to just completely ADHD it. I'm going to listen to the, the latest episodes if they happen, forget about them entirely for the rest of yeah. eternity. And someone's going to go, did you know there's like eight more seasons of Tataros? About bloody time! <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I obviously don't want to spoil it in case anyone ends up listening to it. It's um, some stuff happens, and uh, by that time, I had grown uh, very attached to the, several of the characters. Um, when things happened and stuff, and also like the the second series has, like the first series, very much seemed to be about. Uh, new person introduced to the thing is suddenly thrust into far greater peril than they possibly could have expected and um how wrong slash good that could possibly go in a in a facility that is designed to hold unspeakable cosmic horrors mm. um the second series floats a little bit more into um what if this story or some stories you had been told were true Maybe, or had some roots in in something that also some of these creatures do. And what if all of the creatures weren't completely like monstrous? Some of them were a little bit more sapient. Hmm. But is the thing they're saying true or not true? Or oh, and uh, and the way that can skew a person who has particular experiences in life. I'm being very vague, but I, I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, very much enjoyed season two, and I hope we do get some more, because I'm fascinatory. Uh, where about you? You listen to anything else? No, that's about it for me. Well then, time <gasps> to this. Hello, and welcome to our review show. Hello, we, we try things and tell you what we think of them. T- today, we will be reviewing all of the different uh, colours of Play-Doh that we have. This one is a blue Play-Doh. Mm, mm, and this the, is a blue Play-Doh. It, this is a small one that came from a Happy Meal that that Mummy got us. It, it is blue, mm, and if you mm. eat it, which you're not supposed to do, it makes your tongue go blue and it tastes like salt. Mm, it's a very salty one. I would say that it would pair well with crisps. I would say it would pair well with 
Ribena. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, a uh, good berry notes in some places. This is the green flavour. This one came in a multi-pack, but it's not official Play-Doh. It is a different kind of modelling clay. It smells very similar, but it get dries out very easily. Um, so it is a bit of a, a drier flavour of Play-Doh, but I do get mm, the good earthy tones. That's from when I dropped it in the garden that time. And also... There's a bit of it that's orange because it touched the orange and we could get out. Yeah, I, did, I made the thing that was green and orange and now it was a big boot and then, and then it got squished and then, um, then now, now it is like this. Um, now it is like this. It is. But it's, uh, yes, the earthy tones and a bit of stick tone because there and, was some stick. And of course salt. And of course of salt course because salt. Yes, I cannot yes. not mention the salt. Indeed, it's very salty. And, and, well, would you like to try the rosé fla- flavour one is, is sort of pink. Okay, okay, okay. Mmm. And this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, the, the major notes. Yes. Are salt. Yes. With a hint. Mm-hmm. Of salt. Yes. And like some salt undertones. Okay. And like a whisper of salt. Oh, I thought this one was a bit more floral. Because of when we left it in the garden uh, overnight with the lid off and there was a bee, but then the bee went away, so we, we were uh, allowed to play with it again. Um, there was some rainwater, so it's a bit wet too. Well, this one, I think, t- it, it, it must taste of flowers because mm. it is pink and that is the colour of flowers and therefore it probably, it, it, it tastes probably of flowers. Mm. And I think that this one would pair well with a toast and uh, maybe a, a chocolate bar. I think this would pair well with ice cream. Thank you for coming to our review show. This is some of the Play-Dohs of the world and we will, we will uh, be doing more of these in future if we decide to play this game again. Thank you for listening to our show. Tonight before the dragons, we have 28-year-old Jessie who's come to introduce her plan for executive elite experiences for the mega-rich. Hello, and uh, what have you got to show us today? Um, yes, welcome. Uh, thank you, dragons, for uh, your time. I have a company, and I'll go into specifics in a moment, that's going right. to be offering uh, elite experiences for the, uh, the, the ultra-exclusive elite experiences. I would like three and, uh, an investment of three and a half million pounds oh, right. in exchange for, uh, uh, let's say, 75% of the company. Well, that's a lot of the business you're giving away there. I'm sure it won't matter after very long. Indeed, Um, yes, I can see you've got your business plan here on this whiteboard. Yes, so, um, my company is... Submarine is it, though, is it? Yeah, well, you know, there's, you know, my my business aims to uh, provide unique once-in-a-lifetime experiences to the the ultra-wealthy, um... We have, um, a submarine that can go down to the depths of the Marianas Trench... We that have, sounds very interesting. I, I, I was thinking about taking a trip down there myself, I'll be honest. Yeah. And so it would be nice if, if there was more, more things like that. I think I could get on board with this. Uh, we have this, um, this uh, uh, space shuttle that will go on a, a tour of the sun. Right, yeah, yeah. And you, th- you think you've, uh, you've uh, got all your, your numbers ready to give for this year? Um, yes, we've got the numbers and we've done the maths and 
we can afford to put together uh, vehicles that will serve their intended purpose in order to be elite experiences that uh, the ultra-wealthy will be able to say, I'm the only one who ever did this, it only ever happened once, and I was there. Right, I notice here on your, your board it says it's definitely nothing to do with uh, luring billionaires to, uh, what does it say here, uh, extremely dangerous transport devices which absolutely will not lead to tragic, scare quotes, accident, scare quotes, as a way to thin out the numbers. Yes, uh, you can see hmm. on my, my, my business plan that it says it's Definitely not just that. Yeah, well, I think that's very wise that you've uh, you know you've made sure up front to make sure that's stated. So uh, yeah. I suppose that will. Uh, and and the, the, you mentioned here about disclaimers about uh, personal indemnity. That's not oh, good forward thinking. Yeah, that. yeah, it's all in oh, there. Yes. And there's just this one little clause about the um, equity in the business coming back to me should anything happen to you, but nothing will ever happen to you, so uh, what do you say? Well, I, well, I mean, and I mean, and yes, I, I think we, uh, we I think we all want to get in, on board with this, so uh, we're all going to go in and we'll take uh, 25% of your business each, but I do want first go on that tour to some. Oh, d- don't worry, dragons, we've got three different vehicles. You can all be the first to go on one of them. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, oh, a bit wonky this week, but it's, uh, yeah, you know, bearing up. You doing alright? Oh, I'm alright, I'm alright. Nice been, uh, been seeing some, some, uh, grumbling about to shut down this week. I've had to be like, nope, 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 none oh, of this. Yeah, well, it was only a matter of time before people became mildly inconvenienced. Oh, no, I know. Well, I've seen, well, well, I think there's two camps to what I've seen. So, you know, this is more about that strike that keeps going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen people. Good for them. I'm, uh, I'm glad they managed to hold oh, fast. Could not agree, could not agree more. Uh, but I've seen, I've seen two things. I think the first one is I've seen headlines from people who are, you know, a little cosy-cosy with the movie industry, yeah. uh, pitching, uh, you know, it was inevitable we were going to see delays to uh, anticipated works of media yeah. that were in production, because that's how a strike works. Yeah. And, you know, there are media outlets that are, you know, covering the strike going, oh, such and such piece of media you're excited for is being delayed because of the strike. And yeah. as a result, you're seeing people who are waiting for that media going... I wish I had that media, but I can't because of the strike. And this is typical anti-union yeah. bullshit. Oh yeah, you know you're, you're obviously trying to turn public sentiment against the uh, the strikers when you know the obviously the 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 whole thing could be solved very easily by the studios just you know even agreeing to come back to the table might hurry things along. But as it is, they're just like no. We're very happy making all of the money and you not getting any of it, so we're just going to keep on with that as, as long yeah. as possible. And, and I am very glad that uh, yeah. you know strike action is is starting to take a bit of a turn. I do just hope that you know public opinion can be held yeah. held in the camp of you know it's it's not the you know it's not the the writers the uh, the writer directors and and so forth. It's not the uh, the actors uh, and so forth. It is the studios who have just got so consistently greedy, you know, absolute leech parasites uh, that they are, 
you know, skimming everything off from, from everyone and, and screwing everyone below them over, you know. Yeah, like, I know it may seem like a semantic difference, but, like, it's really important that when you see people going, oh, this piece of media got delayed because of the strike. No, this piece of media got delayed because the studios are refusing to uh, agree to the strikers' very reasonable de- reasonable demands. Yeah, and, and, and like, even as yeah. it is at the moment, they're not even agreeing to come to the table full stop, exactly. last I heard. Like, they, yeah. they haven't actually been any proper negotiations and in like, some fucking time. We, we talked about this the other week, that, like... There are smaller independent studios, even like large independent studios, yeah. that have just blanket agreed to all of uh, SAG's yeah. uh, demands, and they're getting back to work. Their stuff's not delayed because yeah. of the strike, because they went, yeah, no, it is actually very reasonable to do these things, and we can afford to make profitable films regardless. You know, yeah. it it is not the strikers that are holding it up. It is the, the you know... The, the studios that refuse to even basic, you know, basic bullshit. Yeah, and it, it does feel very interesting that, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to name any names at this point, uh, but uh, it does feel interesting that certain studios who have uh, a, a lot of franchise stuff uh, going on and, and, and so forth and, and are quite known for having a very intense fans uh that, uh that they are not willing to, you know, move at all in any way. And that uh, that has uh, is obviously going to be causing yet more friction, especially at a time when they are already struggling with certain political powers uh, within their uh, their home states in in in, in certain ways. That that, that might be causing uh, a lot of friction in other ways, and and yet here we are causing more of this. And and I f- I feel like this could cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, they're not asking for you know anything unreasonable, are they? No, they are asking for you know the kind of the kind of ability to make enough of a living to afford healthcare and a roof over your head yeah. that used to be a reasonable expectation of their career. Yeah, well, you know, people at the top just got more and more greedy, and they they forgot who it is that actually uh, you know. There's that whole thing about, uh, well, obviously, excess capital being made from, from workers and so forth. But I'm I'm glad that uh, we're now seeing the VFX artists joining these strikes. Oh, um, God, yeah. The more these strikes uh, sort of bubble up and continue, the yeah. better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful yeah. time. It is a beautiful time. And I, I hope that we see, you know, the, the whole industry, uh, you know, gathering together and at least taking everyone at the top down a, a few pegs. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I reckon that there might be some negotiation. You know, that that is ultimately what the union would like to do. But yeah. if anything could move at the moment, it would be, uh, it is entirely on the, on the studios and those who are, are just too fucking greedy and unwilling to, to give anything up. Yeah. There's young mate. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I think I'm going to uh, pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura, yes. you do internet things, things I, on the internet, writing the internet, and, yeah. and books and so forth. Um, where, where, what, where, where can people find you and what are the things that you do? I mean, people can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. I've got that good unified branding. Uh, twi- uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. 
uh, Blue Sky Mastodon Threads. Uh, I think that's the the main social media ones. You can find me on all of those. Uh, episodes of Accessibility every Friday. Um, this one, uh, this week's episode is speculating about the successor to the Nintendo Switch and what could be done to make it more accessible. Um, other than that, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, as little as a dollar a month allows me to keep making stuff on the internet full-time on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. Um, October 19th, that's a little way away yet, but uh, look out for uh, Stories of Autistic Joy. October 19th, it's it's like gender euphoria, but about autism stuff. And yeah. Look forward to it. Um, and if you happen to be at Gamescom soon, I'm gonna be there. So hit me up if you if you've got stuff there to show off and mm-hmm. let me know about it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I mean, we wrote a book together. It's called Who Hunts the Whale. It's available from unbound.com slash book slash whale. It's still relevant, especially at a time yes. when the industry needs to take action and is doing a good job of starting to gather union uh, momentum. Good job, everyone. Uh, it's a silly and serious book about the video game industry and the horrors that occur within, but it's also very funny, so give it a look. Uh, I can be found at uh, linktr.ee, that's linktree, uh, slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find t-shirts I design, the music I make, the things I write, and you can help me justify a 76-hour work week uh, at patreon.com slash radio. As little as a dollar a month really helps out. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you you should check out all of Laura's books and and the book what I done with Laura as well. And uh, yeah, do all those things. But Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>